Today's episode of Pushing Through was brought to you by Discover. Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. It's amazing because Discover's accepted at 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. And we're also brought to you by our friends at DraftKings. It's that time of year again. Conference tournaments are tipping off. Bubble teams are making their final push for a bid, while top seeds are preparing for what they hope is a long run in the big dance. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting new customers in the center of all the action. Bet $4 on any underdog. Win $256 if they win. It's that simple. That's bet $4 on an underdog and select college basketball games. And if they win, you collect $256. The bank is now open. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your own convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TATE when you sign up to turn $4 into $256. If the underdog of your choosing pulls off the upset, that's code TATE to turn $4 into $256 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, one 1-800- Nine with it. Welcome to Pushing Through. I am Tate Frazier, and as always, I am joined by the kid, BJ Armstrong. And it's a little an, an unusual day here, BJ. I am at the Fox lot. I am watching all things March Madness. I am here. I am live. Um, what are you doing? It is a Saturday morning. Are you watching these March Madness games as well? Oh, Tate, do you want the truth? Or do you want me to give you... <laughs> or do you want me to let you know that I'm sitting in front of my television, patiently awaiting every game with my bracket, which one do you want? Which one do I, you want? I, I like the idea of you sitting patiently in front of your TV with your bracket, but I know I think that's far from uh, the reality of the situation. Yeah, but you know, uh, I have a, I have a five year old <laughs> Tate, so I got up this morning at about five thirty six to play cards, to play with that. cars. You know, get some pancakes <laughs> with some chocolate chips in them. You know what I mean? Mm. Give mom a break. And here I am. She said, you got 31 minutes to do this podcast, and that's it. So after that, uh, Tate, I, <laughs> you know. <laughs> You're back got, on the grind. I'm back on the grind, Tate. I got to ride bikes, you know, play tackle football. I got to do everything, the things that a dad do. And by the way, I'll be checking in from time to time, seeing what scores, because uh, my, my Big Ten uh, compadres are going down like flies right now. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, that is the big story, BJ. We're obviously playing a tournament in Indiana. A lot of people thought, myself included, that this would be that the Big Ten, the obvious best conference in basketball this year, would, you know, dominate on their home turf. That has not been the case. Wisconsin is basically the one Big Ten team that looked like, uh, you know, what we saw in the regular season. And of course, BJ, they did that against my North Carolina Tar Heels. That's the uh, that's the luck we have. Uh, drawing them in the first round, but you know it, it, it happens. And then today we have uh, Iowa, your Hawkeyes playing. So uh, you my know, Hawkeyes are playing. My, my Hawkeyes are playing. Your 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 fan card has been uh, disposed this year in the tournament, so it's you out. can no longer be a fan. I I'm can still analyst. be a fan right now. Yep. So yep. I'm waiting. Uh, 
at around 3.30 or so, I think my Hawkeyes come on Pacific time. We're rooting for the uh, for the Hawkeyes, and, uh, you know, we'll see how it turns out. So, you know, it's but it's been good. It's good to have the tournament back. It's good to talk about the tournament. You know, I think yeah, it's been yeah, good, yeah. the excitement, even though it's not the same feel, but, you know, it's good to have the tournament back in some form or fashion. Exactly. And it's also, you know, one of those things where it's obviously a weird year, different year, different type of tournament. We, you know, it's very, you know, reminiscent of what we saw with the NBA bubble. So, you know, there's a lot of, you know, external factors that are at play and these kids are getting, you know, put through a lot right now. So it's, it's a, it's a big, uh, it's a big ask. Uh, But like you said, BJ, it is nice to have at least some basketball to watch, which uh, brings me to my next point, the NBA, BJ, that's what we talk about on the show most of the time. Um, can, can you get me caught up to speed? What's happening in the NBA world? It seems very quiet. The, the big story I've seen is Brad Stevens. That's, that's really it. Well, Brad Stevens is a big story. I think the, the big thing now in, in the NBA circle is the trade deadline and mm-hmm. which teams are going to do what. You know, what is Brooklyn going to do? What is, you know, what are the Lakers going to do? You know, the teams who feel that they can really make a run at the NBA championship, the Milwaukee Bucks, you saw they just recently acquired PJ Tucker. So the NBA trade deadline is kind of the, that that's, that's, that's the, the height or that's what everyone's talking about. Talking with teams, talking with players, talking with NBA personnel, really trying to figure out what is the final missing piece that they need before they make this charge here into the NBA playoffs. Mm. Mm. And I think the big question, BJ, right, is at least what I've seen is a lot of people talking about Andre Drummond, you know, where he may end up. There's been, you know, I think Woj reported that, which was funny, that he would be a better fit most likely with the Lakers than he would with the Nets. Um, I I didn't know that that was like we were doing team building now with our reports, but I I guess that's where we are with these things. But, um, you know, I don't really want to talk about specific players, but more about specific needs. So when we talk about Brooklyn, right, the the big need is is a big man, right? Brooklyn, I think, has finally come to the conclusion that they need another shot blocker and a rim protector if yep, they're going to yep. make this push. And they and, can't rely on Kevin to come back and be that guy because that's what I feel like a lot of people think. Yeah, you know, Kevin's been out for some time now. I'm not really sure what the issues are. You know, if it's – are we talking about the Achilles? I think he had a hamstring. I think that's what was reported. But he's been out for some time. You know, James Harden has been carrying the load with this team, more or less. And Kyrie Irving has been terrific. You know, he's yep. scoring and doing his thing. But I think if they're going to really make a championship push, they're going to need another rim protector, in particular another big that can play against Joel Embiid, provided that he comes back healthy. The Milwaukee Bucks are playing better. I think they try to add toughness to their team with P.J. Tucker. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you're talking about Brooklyn – I think it's clear that they need another rim protector, another big body who can play this style that, you know, I think Mike D'Antoni and these guys have ushered in pace and space with James Harden, who could play vertical basketball along with, you know, doing some things on the defensive end as they play against bigger, stronger athletes in the playoffs this year. Yeah, when you have that role option with James Harden, we saw it with Clint Capella, we saw it with Dwight Howard, you know, way back in the day when he has that big that is able to roll to the basket. And like you said, he can play a vertical game there, whether it be a floater, whether it be a lob to that big for a big, you know, alley-oop. It, it, it makes things very difficult on the defense to put up with that. And then also if you have the space 
with guys that can shoot like a Kyrie and a Kevin Durant and a Joe Harris. You know, it's a very dangerous combination for that Brooklyn team. So that makes sense. Um, and then looking at the Lakers, BJ, I, you know, I've heard a lot of different names <laughs> when it comes to the Lakers. You know, um, uh, Andre Drummond, like I said, is one of those names. But it, it, just looking at their roster, we know they need someone to take, you know, that point guard duty away from LeBron at some point, like Rondo did last year. So that's probably one of the names we're looking for. And they also are missing the rim protection that we saw last year with guys like Dwight Howard and guys like JaVale McGee. So that also could be a piece they're looking for. But it, but is there one primary thing that the Lakers probably will try to fix as we get closer to the deadline? Well, I think all of those things that you mentioned, Tate, you know, conventional wisdom would say they do need those things. Yeah, but they have an X factor, and his name is Anthony Davis. I think the one thing that they need is health. If they mm -hmm. can stay healthy, I still think this team has the ability. The best duo. Win. I think they, yep. they still have the capability to win a championship, even though they may not be as well-rounded as they were a year ago. I still think with Anthony Davis, because Anthony Davis is very capable. Anthony Davis can dominate a game himself, being the rim protector, being the score, being that versatile player that we all have come to watch over the years. And in particular, you saw what he was able to do last year. Now, does that put more pressure on him? Does that put more pressure on him to stay healthy and do those things for uh, a length of time that maybe he, he wasn't asked to do it last year? Absolutely. But as long as the Lakers are healthy, I still think they have a chance. I would like to see them add another big body. I think that would be good for him. And I would like to see them potentially look for another guard who is there just in case, you know, because Rondo mm -hmm. was a valuable piece for them. But overall, if they can stay healthy, Tate, I still think this is the team to beat because of that duo. I don't think they, there are many teams or many players that can, can match up with them. So I still think they are the team to beat until someone beats them. I agree with that, BJ. And uh, one of those teams that I see in the Eastern Conference outside of the Brooklyn Nets who we just talked about is the Philadelphia 76ers. I like, you know, the link that they have. I like the bigs that they have. We've talked about, you know, their ability to be able to dominate at three different levels of the post, whether it's the mid post, high post, low post with Embiid. And, you know, I look at their roster. I like Shake Milton off the bench. I like what Cork Boz has been able to offer. But, you know, there has been some conversation about them trying to find another guy, another scorer to come off the bench. Uh, do you think that's something that they may need as we get as we get closer into the playoff run? Well, well I think what they would really like is a lead guard, someone who could mm -hmm. control time and score. Like that's Rondo one, we talked yeah, about. That's, yeah, that's a one glaring weakness that I see with the Philadelphia 76ers. I think, you know, you have to be careful what you add to the group because – your best player, Joel Embiid, is going to be in the post. They've established him now as a post player, and he's a very dominant post player, which is going to cut down the ability to drive to the basket. So you got to be careful what you add to the mix because you need the proper spacing and the balance on the floor. So if, as I look at them from afar, the one thing that seems obvious to me that they would need is who can take this team, this group, and manage the time and score, manage tempo. So when they go on the road, they can play their style on the road. They mm -hmm. have length. They have size. Ben Simmons is playing terrific basketball on the defensive end. He's clearly the leader on that end of the floor. He causes havoc, gets in the lanes. I think with, 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 with uh, Seth Curry and those guys, they have spacing. Tobias Harris plays with spacing. So I think if they can find just one player who can manage the tempo of the game, and give them that delicate balance of playing half court and full court basketball, uh, or you know, where you can get out in the open court. 
I think that is the one thing that they're missing as I look at their group uh, from afar. Today's episode of Pushing Through is brought to you by DraftKings. March's biggest tournament is finally here. We do not know who will be cutting down the nets at the end, but we do know there will be no shortage of madness. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting new customers in the center of all the action. Bet $4 on an underdog and win $256 if they win. It's that simple. Pick one of the many select college basketball underdogs for your shot at winning $256. All it takes is a $4 bet. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your own convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TATE when you sign up to turn $4 into $256. If the underdog of your choosing pulls off the upset, that's code TATE to turn $4 into $256. For a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. We're also brought to you by Discover. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically with no limit on how much you can earn. How amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing because of all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards so when it comes to discover get used to hearing yes more often learn more at discover.com slash yes 2021 nielsen report limitations apply yeah and, and bj I, I i agree with that i think that they you know kyle lowry is one of those guys that was thrown out you know a philadelphia guy that could come down but that would take probably you know some trade assets and pieces to get in there um so that's kind of you know where we are with the, with the sixers trying to figure out if they can get that guy to come in uh i had mentioned you know even like a, a guy like a jared jack i know he's older but like you know just a guard um, that could come in and kind of create some sort of basis of Darren Collison or, you know, there, there's a, we could go through an array of all the point guards that, that can do time and score um, that are around the league. But um, I, I see that. And, you know, Ben Simmons is usually the guy, right, that brings the ball up, kind of handles initiating the offense for, you know, for the most part with this team. I also could see Seth Curry being that guy. I, I don't want to put too much on Seth, but I do yeah. think Seth has the ability to be uh, a point guard or a, a ball dominant guy at times, too. Well, you know, what you're seeing a lot now in the NBA is combo guards. That seems to be the new yep. fashionable thing, people who are combo guards. And a combo guard has now evolved into scoring lead guards. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those are fine. You know, you, you look at Lou Williams. You look at the players that you're currently watching here. There are a lot of scoring lead guards. But at some point, Tate, you have to manage the game. The game mm-hmm. needs to be managed. So – you know, when you look at a a, a a player like a, you know, let's take uh, Chris Paul, for instance. Chris mm-hmm. Paul has been excellent at that phase of his game. That is really a point guard in its traditional sense probably no longer exists. LeBron James has really evolved into a player that knows how to manage the time and score. Yeah. Okay. He knows how to manage the game. Seth Curry, can he mimic it? Yes, there are a lot of mm-hmm. players who are mimicking the lead position because of size and they're put at that position. But there aren't many players, Tate, who know how to actually manage a game. You know, mm-hmm. in, in my era, you know, you had the Magic Johnsons, the Isaiah Thomases, the Jason Kids, the Maurice Cheeks. 
that was a part of the game. Michael Stockton's, yeah, Stockton, you know. But now you don't see that, right? You don't just see the Mark mm-hmm. Jacksons of the world anymore. Yep. Most of these guards now are scoring guards. The Kyrie Irvins, the Damian Lillards, Derrick Rose, Russell Westbrook. Steph Curry. Yep. Seth, you know, so, but when you do see a John Morant, you go, oh, wow. I like that, yeah. That, when that you do see a John Morant, yeah. You see yeah. John Morant. When you see, like, LaMelo, that's what LaMelo was like, oh, oh, wow. He 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 has the 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 delicate balance of doing both he can manage a game a little bit and he can score a little bit so uh managing the game is is a skill set uh it's just not something that you learn just because you can handle the ball you got to know how to it's like being a, a car dealer in vegas you know you got to know how to deal the cards and also include yourself so it's a delicate mm-hmm. balance and um i i think philly would really benefit from that because as you notate, when you play on the road, it's a different ball game than playing at home. The Philadelphia mm-hmm. 76ers, they are a very good team at home. Yeah. Where yep. they have struggled is on the road. And that requires the organizational skills of a lead guard. And mm-hmm. I think they would benefit from that. Yeah. And there you go. That is uh, BJ, the guard guru coming through again. Uh, that is the guard guru presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook app. Uh, BJ, I do want to talk to you one last thing before we get out of here. This is a little bit of a, you know, it kind of combined both of our worlds uh, talking about college basketball and the NBA. And that is the story about Brad Stevens um, kind of kind of took the world by storm a little bit. You and I had, had talked a little bit about this um, just from a, you know, bird's eye view kind of thing. Um, I, I, in my opinion, I, I didn't see why it was so far fetched and insane why Brad Stevens would consider the idea of taking more money to go back home and have more, more, uh, you know, control and, and more, you know, just like basically, you know, uh, ability to, to reign and do what he likes, uh, back home in Indiana. I didn't think that was that insane. The media, the main media seemed to think it was. And then we've had all these different reports. He's been asked about it on radio shows. He's been asked about it in press conferences. And then yesterday he finally comes out and says, you know, basically, uh, that was when I was a kid, I am a grown man now and I'm a mass hole who likes the Patriots which is probably the worst thing people from Indiana could have ever heard, PJ. But uh, just from your vantage point, I mean, what, what was this situ- situation like? It was a lot of rumor mill from my side. You know, you know, tell you, I, I, know we, I want to be quick here. I want to get right to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think Brad Stevens has to consider this job. And here's why. Here's why. I think he's excellent at what he does. I think he's a terrific basketball coach the pro game is the pro game the college game is the college game and it's an art to coaching professional sports it's an art it really is because you're not coaching the sport in the traditional sense you are managing people you're managing people and brad stevens wasn't in, he didn't grow up in this NBA world. Mm-hmm. This is this tape. I've said this many a times and I'll say it again. This is a dysfunctional league played by dysfunctional players managed <laughs> by dysfunctional people. Mm-hmm. There's an art to that. Okay. One plus one tape in my book equals three. And only people who understand the NBA and understand understand what it means to manage people in whatever profession you are in, 
understands that wherever there's people, there are going to be problems. Mm -hmm. It's an art to that. Some people have it. You don't prepare, you don't go to school to come up with a philosophy and then try to implement that philosophy. You have to be able to talk to Tate a certain way to get the best out of Tate. You got to be able to talk to, to, to Midas a certain way to get the best out of Midas. And you got to be able to talk to VJ. So every time you mm -hmm. walk into an NBA locker room and there are 15 guys in that locker room, you're giving 15 speeches and there was only one speech. And there's an art to that. I think Coach Stevens is a terrific coach. There, It takes time. It takes years to learn how to manage this world. And I don't think this is the space to be learning on the fly without having the experience necessary to do this, to manage the people that play in the NBA. So what am I saying here? I think that Coach Stevens should take a serious look. I'm not saying he should do it, but he should take a serious look at the University of Indiana for this very reason, because he is a terrific basketball coach. I'm not sure if anyone is ever prepared coming out of college to the NBA to manage the personalities that you're going to see here, to manage the star players and what comes with that. Everyone says they want to, they can handle a Michael Jordan or a Magic Johnson or Kevin Durant or LeBron James. That's not true. It's not true. And I think if you look at his background and you look at his experience and you look at what he does and he coaches, I mean, he comes up with some beautiful plays and he has, he clearly understands the game. But when you're talking about dealing with the players and the people that this league has, that, that's going to take some time. And that may take 15. I mean, it took me 15 years or so to finally realize, oh, this is really different. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. This is really different. This isn't like, you know, all my dreams and what I thought the NBA was about. Well, I quickly learned it wasn't what it was. And then once I figured it out, I was like, oh, oh, the NBA game is a totally different game than college basketball, which is a totally different game than FIBA basketball which is a totally different game than high school basketball. And by the way, you got people involved in this one. You can't coach your system in the NBA. Mm -hmm. You can't coach your system because if, if this guy over here can score 20 points at night, the chances on you convincing him to score only eight points and be a role player is slim and none. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It's very rare that you're going to have a guy sitting on your bench that can score 20 that's to say, you know what, I'm going to do what's best for the team. So you better figure that out. What I'm saying is I think Coach Stevens has to at least to consider this, to consider to say, who am I and who do I want to be? Because it's one thing wanting to coach in the NBA. It's another thing growing up in the NBA. But don't get them mixed up. Don't get this mixed up. Because when you grow up in the NBA, you see the games entire, you see the game entirely different than saying, I was a good college coach and I want to coach in the NBA. There's a reason that these college coaches don't come to the NBA and just 
fit in and do well. There's a reason. Because it's different than coaching your system that you've been coaching for the last 15 years than coaching a player or a team, a, a, a player who has this enormous ability to play. That's it. Yeah. So I think he should at least consider it. I think he should at least take a good look at it. I think it's it says a lot about him because he's been one of the few coaches that's had success at both places. But, you know, when you start looking at the NBA, it's a unique world. It's a, it's a unique world. It takes a unique, it takes a unique skill set to do that. So, but you know what? I'm just just observing. I'm a I'm an observer of the game. I, I I'm a huge, you know, Stevens fan, but you know, I I think you know, at least, at least listen before yeah, making yeah. that decision. Because you, the last thing you ever want to do in, in my career, anybody's career, is look back and say, coulda, woulda, shoulda. Yep. And I think he, he has the obligation to at least to look because, you know, you know, these Phil Jacksons and these Chuck Daly's and Pat Riley's, You know, I, I don't know if this is the right word, but you got to have something. There has to be something that's extreme about you to be able to coach in the NBA. Steve Kerr has an extreme quality about him. He's he's not afraid to be confrontational when need be. Phil Jackson, mm-hmm. same. Pat Riley, same. Greg Popovich, same. Okay? This NBA forces you to be a certain way. Now, at some point here, Coach Stevens appears to me on the outside. Steve Kerr, you know, I know he looks like the, you know, nice, young guy. Man, he's fiery, man. This, mm-hmm. this guy's breaking boards in the media. He's confronting those players. He's getting in arguments with his star players, role players. Steve Kerr has a lot. I, I mean, I, I know him. He looks. I know Greg Popovich. I know Pat Riley. Phil Jackson. These people. Now, I don't know if that's. Maybe over time, Coach Stevens evolves to that. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe he evolves into that. Doc Rivers. He's a very confrontational when need be. Nice man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Doc was fiery as a player. <laughs> and that hasn't left him as a coach. Now, I don't know if Coach Stevens, we're going to look back and say, oh, okay. He he got to that. Don't know. Have no yep. idea. But yep. I do know that this NBA is a little different. And I do know He's a really good basketball coach. And I think it's important that we all know our strengths and weaknesses and what we do. So we'll see how it plays out. But I think he at least has to consider listening to it. Uh, And I think those are all great points, BJ. I feel the exact same way. I will say that the worst thing that you can do, in my opinion, with a situation like this is to be dismissive and to also dismiss your home, you know, at the same time. So I didn't. I did not like the uh, – I, I don't know who wrote that quote for him to say he's a asshole and that, you know, basically he disowned his hometown and, and uh, you know, that you know that was when he was a kid. I, I know it's all PR, BJ, 
but I'm just saying from my vantage point, I, I, I don't think that's the, the way to play it. I, I know that it's, no. you know, it's all, it's, it, it's, it's all, it's all things that said to the press. So, you know, you take it all with a grain of salt, but um, I, in my, in my, like what you said, I mean, if he goes home to Indiana and goes to IU and teaches the game and we can see him teaching the game, it's more on display because we got kids that are, you know, learning the game from him and running his system and, it, that's what college basketball is for, right? Or it has been traditionally. Right. To me, it just it, it would demonstrate how much and how great of a coach he is at a higher level. Um, and and that's all that's all my argument look, is. Look, you know look, what take, I mean? At least listen. Yeah. Take, I mean, there aren't many coaches who've done both. Yeah. Okay. He's done both at a very high level. Mm-hmm. He's done both. That, mm-hmm. So clearly, he's in a unique space. Okay, I want to make that clear. Clearly, he's yep. in a unique space. But to be at that level, you have to be a very volatile personality on some levels. You can't be Pat Riley and be, you know, like Pat Riley. You know, I I remember, you know, when I when I finally met Coach Riley, I had this idea, you know, he's got his hair slicked back. He was all well dressed. I was like, man, this guy's cool. This guy's real cool. But when you played against his teams, you realize the type of energy that he was bringing to the game. He had a demonstrative personality. You know, he was like, he had this presence about him. You know, Phil Jackson, you know, you see him on the sideline. Oh, he's got the triangle offense. But you realize that these people have like a characteristic about them that's very extreme, mm-hmm. very extreme. Okay. I just think you have to listen because this is a, this sports world is a very different world. You're hot today, you're going tomorrow. But when you find your lane, when you find your lane, what he does naturally, Coach Stevens is, is he's a basketball coach. I'm not sure the best coaches in the NBA are the best coaches with X's and O's. I'm not sure of that. In college, I'm pretty sure because you're, you're, you're coaching your system, you're managing the game, you're managing your player, you're doing everything. The, the best coaches in the NBA are the people who could manage personalities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They manage the people. Yeah. That is... Everyone says they can coach this guy and that guy. No, everybody couldn't coach Dennis Rodman. Let's mm-hmm. get that straight here. Everybody can't coach Dennis Rodman. Everybody can't coach Ben Wallace. Everybody can't coach Charles Oakley. Everyone can't coach Scottie Pippen. Or Rick Mahorn. Rick, everybody <laughs> can't coach the, these players. Isaiah Thomas, you know. It, it, it takes... Everyone couldn't coach the Detroit Pistons, the bad boy era. Yeah, that's, that's a fact. Doesn't make it, it, this is not a this isn't saying that you're not a good coach or this guy's a, a great coach. No, can you manage those people and, and do you have the personality to step into this dysfunctional environment? Everyone says, "Oh man, anybody could have won with those Bulls teams." No, everyone couldn't have walked into that building and manage those personalities. Mm-hmm. 
Everyone can't coach the Golden State Warriors. Oh, I, I could coach that. No, he. I know they make it look easy, but everyone can't do that. So in saying that, that's my only, you know, two cents in it is what, what what's your strengths? What's your weakness? What is it that you do? He is a fine, fine coach. Yep. But yep. being a good coach up in the NBA, that's not – Okay, you're a good coach. All right. There's a lot of good coaches up here. Yeah, and and what happens if I mean, God forbid, you know, this year you you guys get knocked out in the first round or don't even make the playoffs. And like you said, you go from hot to being not in a second. And uh and then that 10-year deal you're going to get offered from Indiana is going to look yeah, a lot better when you don't have a job. You look, know? I'm not so saying you take it. But what I'm saying yeah. is you you, you got you, you got to listen. But who knows? I, who, knows? who knows? And I will yeah. say this and I and I say this and then I'm gonna leave it alone. It puts him in a very awkward position because if he did talk to this, the rumors would go, you know, out of the roof. So yep. it puts him in a very awkward position. All right. And it's easy for you and I to talk because we don't have to stand in front of the Boston Globe or whatever and, and, and yeah. have a press conference. Yeah. So it, I don't yep. think there's a right way or wrong way. But look, Coach Stevens, I've had an opportunity to meet him, speak with him. I think he knows what's best for Coach Stevens. That's yep. my two cents. You know, we're just talking here. And I just hope he does what's best for him. Whatever that exactly. That's all exactly. that's all I really want. What's best for yeah. him. Because that's not a that's that's difficult no matter how you slice it or dice it. Because if he leaves, mm -hmm. there's gonna be an unhappy group. If he stays, there's gonna be an unhappy group. In and the end, I just want to make this clear. I hope he does whatever is makes him happy and what's best for him. And and you talk about being stuck in a, a tough position. You're you're between two of the most volatile fan bases in basketball. You know what I mean? When you talk about the Indiana Hoosiers and the Boston Celtics. So it's like, you know, you're talking about if you're going to snub one of them, you're going to deal with a lot of backlash. And that, that, that is not a position anyone wants to be in. Um, I think those are all valid points, BJ. Again, we want Coach Stevens to do what's best for him. And we want, uh, you know, just good basketball. And uh, again, BJ, this has been pushing through. we got the Hawkeyes coming up later today. I will be watching them. I will be pulling for them. I don't have a team to pull for, so I'll pull for the Hawkeyes. Now. We got. We just gained a new Hawkeye fan. Tate Frazier, ladies go. and gentlemen, is a I'm new in. Iowa Hawkeye <laughs> fan. He's, I'm a knock he's, on wood. He's finally got rid of the Carolina, the Tar Heels. We just got a new fan. He will be dressed yeah. in the black and gold. He will be rooting <laughs> for the Hawkeyes from here on out. We just got there a new go. fan. Book yeah, it. I'm in. Book it. We can book that one. We got a new Hawkeye fan. He's in the building, ladies and gentlemen. He's in the building. Yeah. Shout out to Weez Camp. Shout out to Luca Garza. I'm in, BJ. Uh, we'll be watching the games. We'll be back early next week. Again, this has been pushing through. We'll see you on Tuesday.